0: When you hear that music, you know it's time for On the latter Side of Baseball. And today, we are lucky to have Craig Cushon, voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Milwaukee Bucks join us as we near the end of the 2023 season as it's coming down to the wire in the National League Central Division between the Chicago Cubs, the Cincinnati Redlegs, and none other than Craig's Milwaukee Brewer. So we should have some good animated conversation. Cubs play the Brewer six more times out of the last 35. That's if I did my calculation right, almost 10% of the game. So um it's going to be an exciting podcast, and we're glad that you've joined us. Send this to your friends. Let's get that uh, membership up over 10,000. It should be exciting. And uh, when we get to the 10,000 number, we'll... Uh, We'll be sending out gifts to everybody with our new sponsor, because at 10,000, uh, I think that uh, we're going to get General Motors, Ford, McDonald's, you name it, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, they'll all be calling, and it should be exciting. I'm kidding. We're at the North Woods. You might hear a couple chainsaws going off. It's uh, rained this morning. The sky is blue, and uh, I'm excited to watch the Brewers game tonight. Uh, Darvish versus Woodruff. That should be a pretty exciting game. And um, the uh, news with the Cubs is uh, they have no pitching and a little bit of hitting and 35 games to go. Um, Three more with the Pirates, three with the Brewers, four with the Reds. And uh, I would say after those 10 games with 25 to go, we should be in a pretty good position to see if the Cubs pitching is going to hold together. So, that's kind of the way it is right now. We are waiting for Craig to join us. We're quite certain that he will. And when he does, uh, we will get back off the break. But in the meantime, enjoy some opening music uh, from our great producer, Tyler, out in beautiful Honolulu. So just hold on. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Brewers, the Cubs. Tony Larussa joining back with Jerry Reinsdorf to form a dynamic duo with that powerhouse Chicago White Sox team struggling to stay out of the basement and what is in store for Jerry's desire to have a small ball baseball team I don't know uh the last guy in the world I'd turn to would be Tony Larussa the first guy in the world Jerry would turn to is uh, Tony Larussa Jerry has billions and uh, I don't so I guess Jerry can do whatever he wants but give me a break now He's going to name Chris Getz, supposedly the assistant general manager, is going to become the general manager, and he wants to have a one-man decision-making guy. So if that's the case, why do you have La Russa and now Dayton Moore coming into the picture? Dayton Moore is the real deal. Uh, if I could hire Dayton Moore to run my team, I would. Um, proven, uh, won the Central Division with the Royals, which is pretty tough to do, and so... Uh, I'd go with Dayton. I would, I would send Tony back to Honduras or wherever he came from. I know he came from, I don't know where he came from, but my goodness gracious. Let the, why, why doesn't he call me? I mean, I dine with the guy. He knows I'm available. Maybe I'll give him a call. He told me to come in, have a game, watch a game with him. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll segue from our pleasantries to Jerry. I can win the world series for you, buddy. And then he'll laugh and light a cigar and tell me why I can't. But in the meantime, we're going to wait for Craig. Craig will be on in a minute. And when he comes on, we will have a good time. So listen to some music, and we will be back on the lighter side of baseball on Spotify, Apple, and uh, SoundCloud, the originating streaming network of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. So for all you folks who are listening for the first time, thank you for listening Uh, I think it's going to be a fun September and October. And I urge all of you to join us weekly as we step up the pace for podcasts. And we will be back in a minute with Craig Cashon. Hey everybody, we are back on the lighter side of baseball, and as promised, and I keep my promises, I have my good buddy, and my podcast buddy, and host, and co-host, and everything else I can say to him, but the voice of the Brewers, Craig Kishon, Craig, it's been about a month, man, are you all right? Everything going good?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I I just had to recover from our last uh, time together, so that it's, it used to take a week and now a couple of weeks and now it's at least a full month on my schedule, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I gotta tell you um, even with the changes in the rules, uh, and I've been to a few cub games, been to a Brewers game as you know. I, until now, I haven't really been like ecstatic about the season. I, I don't know what what are you feeling?
1: Well, I mean, it's uh, it's more fun this time of year, especially if your teams are in it. So, you know, the I'm not sure how many people, you know, when we first started this 2023 season thought that both our teams were going to be in it. And then the way they're in it, I mean, they're both going for a division title and they're both going for. You know, uh the secondary wild card, to be honest with you. It's not like either one of them are out of it. They're they're both very much in play for that. And I think a lot of people just thought the central division is not good. It's only gonna produce one playoff team and and they certainly could get two pretty easily the way things shape up. I mean, if the season were in, were to end today, they'd both be in, I think. So
0: you are absolutely correct and if that one of the teams wasn't in the reds would be right there knocking at the door too and who would have yeah. expected that's even i mean the cubs and the reds are gigantic surprises probably the reds might even be a bigger surprise than the cubs
1: well they they might be you know here's the thing though um uh, the cubs are are loaded enough with veteran guys and We've, we've talked about this before. You also need guys to be you need at least one guy, if not just one guy in your team to be surrounded by, by quality players and then have a stellar all star type MVP type season. And, and um Bellinger's delivered that for you this year. So, I mean, and. And um, so is Christian Yelich has, has done it. Not, not I don't think as well as Bellinger, uh, but pretty doggone close. Um, I think they, Bellinger has a much better batting average than Yelich, but Yelich is also a huge base threat every time he gets on. So, um, you know, those two guys have, have been surrounded by quality players. I mean, your offense with the Cubs is way better than the Brewers, but, you know, I, I would take our pitching staff over anybody in the league any day.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think I looked at it before we started today, and you and I have talked about it a lot. And I think it's fascinating because when the season started, I thought if Bellinger was, was healthy, if his shoulder had recovered from his his uh, forearm bump that, that knocked him out of baseball basically for two years, I figured that. He he had a chance to really, really be a, a sensation. He'd probably be loose because I thought the Cubs would suck. And he's kinda of digging Chicago and he's kinda of digging the, you know, the the Christopher morell and Candelario kind of little league excitement that's kind of gripped the team, which is kind of cool. You haven't seen that for a while. And then on on the crew side, Yelich has been And I don't want to jinx him, man. Well, I do. He's been really pretty healthy, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, he's been he's been healthy all year. So, which which you know,
0: unlike he's been on the DLIL a few times in his career, and you know, there's another guy who's like to me. It was like Bellinger. You just knew that something was going to click, and that he wasn't going to have another sack of potatoes year. And I mean, he's stepping up, and I bet. If you look at from the All-Star breakthrough now, he and Bellinger are probably pretty pretty close in batting average and in uh in home run production. I don't know, it's fun.
1: Yeah, it is. And and neither one of them made the All-Star team, right? Bellinger didn't make it, did he?
0: Nope. No. Yeah.
1: So, go figure. I mean, <laughs> that that did surprise me. I mean, especially if you look at their numbers now. Their numbers now are what they were producing, you know, towards the All Star break, and you know, I don't know. There, for for guys that are MVP guys from just a few years ago, that <clears throat> that surprised me. There's, um, I don't know, lack of respect, perhaps, or the other thing that really could be going on is this. You know, baseball's never been a a, a young guy's sport, and I think it's turning towards that now. The guys are coming up quicker in the minor league systems of some teams, and you know, producing right out of the gates at a major league level too. So maybe maybe they're looking at guys that have been there, done that, failed, and uh, are on the comeback trail. They're they're just not on the radar. I I just don't feel like Bellinger and. and uh, Yelich are on anybody's radar to be honest with you, but yet yeah, look at their numbers and look how important they are for
0: their teams. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about Yelich, but I, I don't think um, uh, Bellinger's had one intentional walk this year. Now I know there are not a lot of intentional walks anymore. For some reason, you know, you don't see the Joe Madden holding up four fingers with the bases loaded and Bryce Harper up, but uh, uh, it. Doesn't seem like anybody's afraid to pitch to Bellinger, and I suspect the same thing is with Yelich. Um, uh, they're both quality players. You know, the all-star game, if you and I ran baseball, to would be a lot different. I, you know, the teams that have to get one guy on ought to have a separate little roster. You're not going to probably play, but you can go to the festivities. And then get the guys that are uh, maybe haven't had uh, three good years in a row, but but our studs and put them where the fans want to see them. Uh, It's, it's, I didn't watch it. I mean, it may be the first time I've never watched an all-star game. When I was growing up, they had two all-star games sometimes during the year. And, and, uh, you know, you had Mantle and Williams and guys it was, you know, as we've said, it's different. I digress. But anyway, I think your analysis is spot on. God, your pitching staff is so good. Your starting pitching staff is really good
1: well and the thing the thing you know that you brought up a minute ago was was interesting it's almost telling uh another major difference just between the two guys that we're talking about Yelich and Bellinger and the intentional walks or not Yelich gets his a handful of intentional walks because the Brewers offense has been so anemic that they, for the longest time, had Willie Adamas behind him. And for good chunks of the year, he wasn't even batting 200. So it's like, why pitch to Yelich if, you, if you've got your sure out right behind him? Unlike the Cubs lineup, which has been pretty loaded and pretty dangerous top to bottom, um, where I, I just don't think you can walk Bellinger as easily as you can walk Yelich. comparing the two lineups in the offensive production. I mean, the Brewers are plus 10 and run differential. And that is by far the lowest of any qualifying playoff team right now. Like, it's not even funny how low it is. And they just got above zero, you know, recently in the last week or so. So, and you guys have been some of the uh, some of the leaders, along with the you know the Braves and the and the Dodgers and the Rangers, you guys have been up there in run production. So, I think the big thing, Jamie, is what's going to give during the September run, and especially when we do hit the playoffs in October, are these offenses going to be potent, or are these pitching staffs going to stand out, or? are the Brewers going to lose one to nothing and two to nothing in, in some of these games it's going to be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah. I know that the Brewers were struggling quite a bit and then they they swept the Rangers, which was spectacular. And uh, they're playing good winning baseball. Now the, is there anybody like uh, an Ian Happ on, on the Brewers that, that has had a, Uh, uh, some good years in his career, but as really often they're waiting for him to light up. Like um, I can't even think of anybody. You've got Yelich, Adamas and, um, and uh, will William Contreras. And after that, man, the drop-off is dramatic for you guys. Is there somebody uh, you're waiting to be supposed to be,
1: it was supposed to be Jesse Winker. It was supposed to be Brian Anderson uh Winker has hit one home run this year and has been on the injured list for quite some time. Um, and I I highly doubt that they bring him back. Brian Anderson was on the injured list for a little bit, but he had a really good April and then dropped off the map uh in in May, June, July, and and now August that he's that he's back. The, these young guys. Um, are playing ahead of them now. And they made a couple of key trades that weren't big splashes, uh, but they got Carlos Santana to play first. And he's been a really, really good fit for the clubhouse and um, has produced some power numbers, which has been good. Um, And um, I I think they're trying to plug guys in – and hope that they're hot, like for a month, you know, they want a month out of some of these guys that just aren't brewer lifers. And, and sometimes you can patch it along that way. Um, Mark Canna's the other guy that they got from the Mets. I mean, these aren't guys that scare a lot of pitchers, but they're supposed to be on base guys. You got an on base guy in Canada and you got a power guy in Santana and, um, and so they've actually relied on those guys. They're both came in really healthy and, you know, excited to be here. And they're, you know, they're good clubhouse guys too. So it's, it's meant a lot to a relatively young team. I mean, the Brewers are still really young. They've got a lot of rookies that they, they still play a lot right now. And, um, this is, this is all new to them once we hit September.
0: Yeah. Well, Carlos Santana and you got to change your evil ways. I mean, that guy's a, supposedly the book on him is he's tremendous in the clubhouse, upbeat guy. I can't remember if he's a switch hitter or just hits left-handed. He was with the Royals for a while, which was a puzzle why he was there. But, um, you know, he can give you some pop. And in the playoffs with your pitching, I mean, if you gave me the choice of the two teams, I would certainly want – I'd be feeling better uh, with the brew crew than with the cubs but i will say this the cubs although they don't really have anybody that's a starting pitcher that that can hold water to um probably any of your five smiley was good at the beginning and all of a sudden he's throwing the ball like me and you know stroman was a head case they should have traded him at the deadline except they probably couldn't because nobody knew he was hurt but the cubs um but the but the Cubs have a really good bullpen all of a sudden, which is, which is, uh, um, good. Boxberger is gone, which is probably good. He's on hurt. Um, I did notice on the transactions that Winker has been sent out to, uh, for a rehab assignment, you know, he, um, he was so good for those years with, I think the reds, I you know, I don't know. We each have, uh, Uh, The Brewers and the Cubs each have thirty-five more games, six up with each other, and then the Cubs play a ton of games against um, Cincinnati and Arizona, the hottest team in baseball. Man, go figure.
1: Well, I was looking at I was looking at the Cubs schedule, and um, I mean, half or more of those thirty-five games are against teams that are matchups are against teams that are you know, probably going to the playoffs or are going to be there to the very end. So, um, your schedules, that's for sure. And, and don't forget the tiebreaker now is, um, is division series matchups. It's, it's no longer a playoff game and and the Brewers have won their series against the Reds and our plus one against the Cubs right now was six to go.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we, um, last year and at the beginning of this year, we, we, a bag down the 19 games a piece and it got boring and, and, uh, da 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 da. And then when they cut it back to, uh, 12 or 13, you know, it seemed like a great idea not to have the Cubs play the Brewers every week, but, um, little did I ever expect that at the end of this month. And at the end of next month, uh, the, the teams are playing meaningful baseball. It's going to be, it's going to be rocking if the Cubs can happen to stick with it and and somehow hold together, which I don't see how that happens with their pitching staff. But if they do, uh, I'm going to be uh, right there in in Milwaukee buying you wine and in exchange for a ticket, you know, even in the Bob Euchre seats, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got we got plenty of both of those, that's for sure. But yeah.
0: Do they have an elevator for the public, or just the? I mean, I went up to where Eucharist little statue is. Oh my God, I couldn't make it. Right, if I had to walk, I'd you'd, you'd have to call the paramedics. No question about there, it. There's there's one
1: thing about getting up to that level, and then and then it's the other thing walking up in the stands to go get to that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the walking in the stands that'll kill you, man.
0: And getting down, that's yeah. not a task either.
1: No, no, I think it's Bob. about uh, a 30-row climb, and it's a steep climb. So you got to um, be about Bob Euchre to go up there.
0: Brewer baseball. And you I keep listening to him on the radio, uh, and, boy, he's, he sounds like he's a 35-year-old man. He doesn't slip up at all. I mean, no. I don't, don't have a chance to listen to him very often, but he's so good and so much fun to listen to. You know, there I was listening to the Detroit guys are fun. I mean, there are some fun announcers and I don't want to bag so much all the time on your buddy shrimp scampi, but my God, that's a boring broadcast. Although I think, you know, he smiles and, and he's kind of a big, big guy. So I think the North siders kind of like him. Although it's, you know, there's a 30% chance that Craig Kashan's going to get laryngitis tomorrow and that's not looking good. I mean, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't care about StatCast. I care about Mel and broadcasting baseball, you know? Yeah, well.
1: Yeah, you know. I, know, I, know.
0: I know. You can't, but, say, you you can't know, what, say anything. What do you do? What do you do? Hey, I was talking uh, the other day. may have even been on a podcast about longing for the days when uh, you and got to got to do the mic together. Uh, when ba went to whatever ba goes to and those were those were fun i i i think uh uh they should they should have more i don't want to say guest broadcasters but but they should have more variety of different styles and and uh um uh, that, that's again my opinion but uh other than that i think um the crew and the cubs i looked at both schedules like you did and and uh, you know, you got it depends on St. Louis. It, it, it's like the it, they're like the White Sox. I think they have like instead of looking at the schedule to see how many games we might win, they're looking at the schedule to see when they can get on a plane and go home. I mean, it's yeah. It
1: uh, I think that's one of the more well. I mean, there are several stunning stories that you know why the Mets and Yankees, why the Padres, why the Cardinals. Um. I'm sure I'm missing another team or two along the, the way. White,
0: the White Sox, too.
1: Yeah. Um, how, how they have all really never been in contention. I, I think that's the thing for me. It's like, yeah, you're having a down year, but none of you were ever in contention. And and you have arguably the most loaded teams uh, of anybody in currently in baseball right now and that and that they should be stacked up against the Braves they should be stacked up against the Dodgers um I think the Rangers are are stacked but they were also a little bit of a surprise um but I mean those teams that I mentioned that were never in contention and everybody said especially in our division you know watch out for the Cardinals they're going to have a run watch out for them in uh August they're going to have a heck of a second half and they've been. They've just been bad since the beginning, which is which is crazy to me because obviously we we see them more and pay attention to them more, um, but it, it's you know bottom line to me though it's been a pleasure because the Pirates had their day early in the season. Cincinnati, um, you know, has had a really good year after kind of a bad start. They figured themselves out. They got younger. Uh, they led the division, you know, for a while. Um, and they're still right there. And then, the, you know, the Cubs and Brewers, you know, have held pretty steady, and and that's been kind of the cool thing, I think, because I don't know about on your end, but uh, there have been some really frustrating, frustrating games to watch. And you know, they've they've leg, legged it out. I mean, they're 13 games over 500, which is you know, crazy to think of sometimes with the, with the offense, the lack of it, but um, it's starting to come around a little bit, but uh, still the bottom line with those really, really good teams to be just never in contention is a headliner to me.
0: Yeah. Um, With the Cubs, they kind of struggled until about uh, two weeks before the all-star break and then kind of got going and, and built up to the trade deadline to where, You know, the Cubs could give the illusion that they were trying to improve their team. This Candelaria was just kind of a, you know, okay, we need help at third base because Patrick Wisdom is one breath away from being designated for assignment. And it's too bad because he's a good guy and he hits home runs, but he he strikes out as much as uh, Alfonso Soriano. It's like with Baez and with Wisdom and some of these guys, why anybody throws a pitch over the plate is beyond me. Slider down, slider down. They swing and they miss. And Christopher Morrell's kind of got that. That's one of my frustrations. And it's good to hear your voice because I can get some of my frustrations out because I know you have caring ears that hear me. The other thing drives me absolutely friggin' nuts is an 0-2 pitch down the middle that they give up a hit. I I don't get it. I I don't get it. Smiley does that routinely. Gets 0-2 on a guy and then, fastball down the middle boom it's just crazy here's two interesting things on the cubs until they lost to detroit the other day in the second game of a series they were like 11 and 0 in their last 11 series in game two which you know i probably heard that from shrimp Scampy. so there i'm quoting him the other thing i think the cubs are like 50 and 3 in games where they score first which you know i couldn't find that i'd have to rely on somebody to tell me that but um those were pretty good deals the dodgers started slow and then bam the rangers man you know they get um scherzer and DeGrom's out if he ever comes back they got john gray and they've got jordan montgomery and they've got scherzer and will smith and they've got a that's that's the comparable race to the division, to the Central Division. The Rangers, the Astros, and the um, Mariners are all, like, bunched within a game. It's cool. It's fun. The rest of them, the rest it, of them. It, are- and it
1: goes back to your, you know, original question uh, when we first started is, you know, it didn't seem all that exciting at the beginning of the year. And and maybe it really never is anymore because, all right, new rules, uh, you know, new teams waiting for guys. To, um, I should say new players waiting for guys to, you know, get in a groove and whatnot. But this is the time that's always exciting in baseball to me. Um, and, you know, you're starting college football and you're starting the NFL. And this is where baseball holds its own against those sports which everybody loves fall uh but if your team baseball it's it's obviously really cool and i i think it's interesting you threw out some you know key numbers for for what the cubs are doing that you know the part of the brewer's success too is uh extra inning games they're eight and three Um, i mean they're in the majority of their games one run games uh they are Let's see what was their result the other day. That was a one run win. So they're twenty-six and eleven in one run games. Wow. I mean, that's showing that your pitching's, you know, really
0: good. Uh um, that yeah. That's that's a different story than the Cubs, I think. Um Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and then their own division, Jamie, they're twenty four and twelve. I mean, that's you know, the Cubs have done pretty well in the division too, but uh, you know, that that's where it's at. So you know, you're going to play the majority of your games there, but uh, to be two to one on, on all your division opponents right now, that, that means you're winning all the series at least. So
0: yeah. Well, and it looks like whether it's the Cubs, the Brewers or the Reds, the central division will not be getting a bye, And um, so they'll play the worst of the wildcard team. So, I mean, it theoretically could be easily the Brewers versus the Cubs. In fact, I think the other day, if the season had ended, that's how it would have been. So, um,
1: yeah, I mean, the, the Cubs could just be staying up in Milwaukee. Although <laughs> I don't know, the pl- the playoffs probably don't start till Tuesday or Wednesday. But yeah. uh,
0: or yeah. the Brewers, the Brewers could be traveling to Wrigley Field. You know,
1: or the Cubs could be coming back to Milwaukee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's be funny. September tenth. Uh, picking up on your point, Bears Packers Soldier Field. Love versus. Yields, I guess, should be a good game.
1: Well, maybe I don't know. I'll I'll be uh I'll be watching, but I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect out of out of our teams this year. Are you a diehard Bears fan?
0: I am. I am. I'm sort of a Chiefs fan, but I've always, you know, the lovable losers, the Cubs, the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks. Man, it's a rough town. But I, yeah. you know, the '63 Bears. You weren't born yet, but they were great. And then, of course, the 85 Bears and the uh, the Bears with Rex Grossman that went to the playoffs and then ended up in the Super Bowl after their last game of the year against the Packers. The only, the only people that caught Rex Grossman passes in the last game of the regular season that year before the Bears went to the Super Bowl uh, were the linebackers for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> now, he, <laughs> he didn't complete one pass. He had a zero rating. However you do the ratings, zero.
1: <laughs>
0: so, hey, that's crazy. This not year, look it,
1: The NFL schedule this year, uh, the Packers open up at the Bears game one, and then they wait all season to the very end. The yeah. regular season finale is Bears at Packers.
0: That should be a nice balmy day at Lambeau in, uh, in early January, shouldn't it? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's not one. See, I stop attending football games uh, when the temperature dips below 50. Yeah. So I'm fair weather when it comes to I, – I enjoy my television in um, all the angles. Well – for a sweet. A sweet would be nice. Here's,
0: here's a good Nelly story. Um, in nineteen the 1985 Super Bowl year of the Chicago Bears, the first round – was at Soldier Field, the Bears played the uh, New York Giants, and my then-partner, his wife had four seats in the 50-yard line, and he gave me the first round of the playoffs. So Nellie and I go out uh, dressed, you know, basically in windbreakers, and Nellie had on running shoes. This is not a joke. The windshield was at least 20 below zero. Oh, my God. It was before the last renovation of Soldier Field. So we were on the 50-yard line. But to get out, to go to the bathroom, to do anything, we had to crawl over 50 people one way or 50 people the other. There weren't nice little aisles anywhere. So Dave and I sat there for four hours and 30, 20 below zero. And we didn't, you know, I didn't know anything. We All the people around us. They had a lot of booze. You could smell the brandy, and they all brought these sandwiches. They wrapped in uh, tinfoil, and they take them off, and so this corned beef sandwich would be waffling towards us. We'd smell it. We couldn't do. We couldn't do anything. It was hilarious. But uh, you know, those were the old days with Nellie. Oh my God!
1: God, didn't his feet just freeze off his body? I mean, come on.
0: Well, and here's the other thing. The, the veteran fans knew to bring corrugated boxboard to put their feet on. And so they'd, they'd put that on top of the cement and it would at least insulate them a little bit. I mean, I don't know how Dave ever walked again after wearing gym shoes to that game, but, uh, uh, that was funny. And, uh, and I guess I, it doesn't, there's nothing out of school. Ironically, he was with a young lady whose last name was Nelson. Go figure. And they weren't married. Now what about that?
1: Wow. Well,
0: now that's, that's
1: that. You're Mr. Popular. You can find the women with the same names as you. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's
0: good. Yeah. He was the mayor. So the uh, the other White Sox team fires Kenny Williams. He was like a son to me. Jerry said, and uh, they're going to hire apparently Chris Getz, and uh, he's going to be the sole decision maker. But he's bringing in Dayton Moore and. Uh, as I predicted, Tony Larusa to consult. I mean, I love Jerry, but what? what I'm available. What's the deal?
1: Well, you just got to let them know that uh, you're not doing the podcasts up north. You're doing them in the big city, right there, and you can you can uh, you can get down there in a hurry to help out. Oh. I don't know. That's you know that's I don't know what to say about that. That's a long time to have those guys aboard, um, and. N- not produce yeah so it's oh. you just put... can't sit and wait for like a rebuild with the same guys anymore it just that's that's doesn't happen so much anymore so
0: the other deal is you can't stick your head in the sand and expect the problem to go away and right they, they had a definite problem last year in the clubhouse whether it was La Russa or you know a group of guys whatever their nationality was and they get rid of la russa and bring in pedro grafal to kind of mediate one of the groups and it didn't work you know you had lance lynn versus all those other guys apparently and um you know it just you just gotta like the royals had the same problem 10 years ago before they won the world series and they They got they jettisoned the troublemakers, whether they had a 1.2 ERA or not. And uh, so I don't know. It's here's a funny deal. I had lunch with with Reinstorf within the last couple of weeks, and at one point he goes, "You know, our guys can't bunt. Our guys can't steal. We can't, uh, you know, hit and run. We can't play the kind of baseball I want to." He said. I own the team, wouldn't you think? Han and and Kenny would get a team that I want, and I go, what am I supposed to say to that, Jerry? You know, and so uh, the the handwriting seemed to be on the wall for those guys, and um, it's weird, but well, man, I
1: I think I think the point that you bring up about uh, head buried in the sand and not having the right guys in the clubhouse um i think i mean those guys have been around a long time and i i think there there's a philosophy of i'm just going to get the best talent i can get here and and keep trying to patch it that way and not worry about how got how well guys get along what the atmosphere is um you know who's back and who who's representing all that kind of stuff and i you know, and this isn't this isn't a bragging thing because the Brewers have not won a World Series, but they're they're trying to sustain themselves successfully with the type of people like you just said, the Royals did when they won it. They're, they're going to they don't hesitate to get rid of somebody who's really good, but it's really going to be Uh, a problem in the clubhouse they'll figure out a way to ship that guy out and and they've done that with a number of guys and i think when you go and you look at who you want to acquire and it may not be an all-star but it may be a good fit and that good fit could be a guy like bellinger for the cubs you know fresh start for him he's healthy um and he's surrounded by a good group of guys. I I look at the Cubs and Brewers kind of that way right now. Yeah. That it, you know, and I know it's hard for Cubs fans to wait and wait and wait. Maybe when they shouldn't have had to, especially with all the big names they they let go. But you know, the the Brewers you know have to operate that way, and you need you need high quality guys to to produce at the level that they're hoping to get it done with
0: yeah i mean and here my perspective is what it is the brewers fan base to me seems pretty um steady you know they 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 have just a tremendous radio network a trim you know ballet sports is the only show in town it's one of the as you said it's one of the only ballet sports that's that's doing well and i think the fan base doesn't change people know that there's going to be a game they can go and tailgate if it's raining they know that the game's going to go on and i think that that has led to a very consistent loyal fan base the cubs used to have that kind of fan base in the 60s and 70s 80s probably into the 2000s and maybe even a little later Now, my impression is having been a season ticket holder for a long time and I'm no longer full disclosure, uh, I have a buddy who sells me some tickets and that's all fine and good. But Craig, I'm telling you, there's I've never seen the same people twice at a game, which that never used to happen. You used to always have a group in your section that would be, you know, become friends. If nothing else, be fun during the games. It is and I've said this before, like a Disneyland event. People come once to drink beer, maybe go out in the in the uh uh bleachers. But I mean, they know more they know more know who Christopher Morell is than the man in the moon. And uh I think that Ricketts is lucky because it's you know, you go to the the bean at Millennium Park, you go up in Sears Tower, whatever it's called, you go to the beach to look at the waves on the lake and you go to wrigley field it's a tourist stop and the 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 other thing that's kind of funny the what the reverse you'd expect is in the days when there was a steady fan base if the team's getting their ass kicked by the seventh inning it starts to thin out now these these people and i'll say these people nobody leaves because they want to sing that stupid song that the brewer fans love it's just to me fun. you gotta
1: have that song i mean it's part of the it's part of the disneyland experience
0: it <laughs> totally and it's i don't know way back when disneyland had um you wouldn't pay and get to ride everything you'd pay to get in and they'd give you e-tickets d-tickets c-tickets and the c-tickets were for crummy things and the d-tickets were for a little better the E ticket was the ticket, man. That got you on the roller coaster, or whatever they called it. The Cubs, Wrigley Field's the E ticket. I oh, love that
1: comparison. I, I would, I mean, I I would agree with the Wrigley experience. Um, and and Brewer fans are loyal. I will agree, but they're they're also they've also set themselves up for. They don't necessarily need. Um, an 81 game season ticket holder. They don't need a ton of those because they are going to get fans from all over the state. They're getting more fans now um, from the out- of town teams because like you mentioned, you've got a roof so you're guaranteed to play your game. you're guaranteed to go to ball games when you when you plan out your trip. And that's, that's pretty big stuff considering how much money people spend. So, um, but, but both, both franchises are getting, you know, between 30 and 40,000 people every game. And, and that's, that's what keeps them going, man. Uh, It just does.
0: I think it's cool. And Mr. Antonazio has to be happy. I mean, uh, you know, you, it's nice and, and it's a great ballpark. And, um it's a good experience, and Wrigley is wrigley. I mean the food's crummy, the uh crowd doesn't know really what's going on, but at least they they haven't started doing the wave again, so that's good that's good yeah, the
1: wave is uh the wave pops up every now and again, I think because Brewers are waiting for some runs to be scored, so <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. oh that's funny. hey, Let me ask you this, you know, the schedule's been shifted around a little bit so that every team play, you you at least play three games with each team. Has that been a good thing for you? Do you like that?
1: Well, I've been, I've been clamoring for that for years and it goes back to, like you mentioned that you're playing for a, a long time. You played your division opponent 19 times. Ridiculous. Never should have been that many. And as long as you're playing interleague games for the length of time that that's been going on and it keeps switching the divisions you play there, there just seemed to be no reason not to play a full schedule against everybody. Um, And so I, I was really looking forward to that this year and it's been fun to see Otani come to town. It's been fun to see judge come to town uh, it's been fun to go to Texas when they're red hot and sweep them for three. We, you know, right. and, and you, you get to know, you get to know these players that you never see on a regular basis. Cause you're guaranteed to see them at least for a three game series, which I think is extraordinarily cool. Um, and the Brewers have done well against the American league. They're, they're 25 and 17. So, you know, they've, they've scored some good victories and stuff. And, you know, when you categorize, are you winning in your division? Are you winning those crossover games? Um, are you winning the close games? Are you winning in extra innings? They 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 pass with flying colors for all that. You know, is your pitching staff good? You know, I mean, they're not a dominant team, but all of those things are are have been in their favor. And simply to answer your question from a fan's perspective. Um, no other sport has been uh, doesn't play everybody on an open schedule. so I I mean the NFL, you can't play all the teams but they mix it up pretty good from year to year. Um, and I honestly in the NFL I I wouldn't uh, I would not mind getting rid of the divisional play where you play everybody twice. I know the yeah. divisions are only four four teams each, but I, I don't see the point of that either you know, so to me, that could change and you could fit in, you know, three other games, but I digress. I went way off on that.
0: No, I, I like it. I think the, uh, you know, it used to be in baseball. If you could, if you could play 500 on the road, you have a good chance of winning the pennant. And, um, uh, you know, in every category you mentioned, the brewers are just kicking butt. And then I've just looked, they're 35 and 27 at home and 35 and 30 away. And they're 37 and 36 in games against teams over 500. Now, the Cubs are 35 and 30 at home, 32 and 30 on the road, which is pretty good. But against teams over 500, this is kind of a telling deal. They're 29 and 36.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: And the Reds are only 36 and 37. So, you know, what gives anybody the advantage going down the road, down the line? I think Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, Hauser, um, is an advantage over Steele, Smiley, um, Hendricks, and um, this guy Assad. Now, I will say this: um, you know, every now and then a team gets a guy that, for some reason, the scouts were bad about scouting or something but the cubs have uh have a couple players steals the only guy i can remember they ever developed themselves drafted maybe Hendricks, i don't know but this guy Assad pitched in the world baseball classic was a stud came back late to spring training to the cubs and fell on his face just flopped and now guys caught fire you know since uh the Stro Show went into retirement went on the i l this guy has picked up the pace. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a pitch, but he's pretty he's he's pretty good
1: no i I don't recall that I have, but i I will be seeing him here at least six times in the next month yeah. or so good that'll be great. Well, you know I was, I was looking at your stuff too in in Justin Steele. Uh, has been tremendous, really, for you guys. I mean, his ERA is two eight yeah. zero. I mean, that's you know, and he and he only seems to be getting better. And and he's a lefty. I mean, the Brewers really struggle against left-handed pitchers. And I I saw that he pitched uh, yesterday, so he'll be in line to pitch against Milwaukee in that next series. So yeah,
0: it looks to me like he'll go Tuesday. So I think he'll dodge Burns would be my guess, but he'll probably. Uh, maybe line up with hauser that you guys you guys had the off days kind of like the cubs did last time but um yeah i mean and and this just shows how bad whoever rates these prospects in the in in the you know you'll read this is a in pipeline this is the Cubs fifth. this guy this guy uh steel was like the cubs cubs 20th prospect he wasn't even in the top 10 and then all of a sudden he does pretty good in uh and now, the other thing I'll say about him is that he kind of, about, by the by, the third inning, he's sort of doing his Lance Lynn impression of like he's out of juice. It's like he looks like he just after three innings ran a marathon. But he, you know, statistically, he's he's doing spectacularly and uh, fun to watch. A few different guys, but man, oh man, there are two guys, Craig. That throw BP right now. One is Drew Smiley, God love him, because he had a per- he was one out away from a perfect game in April or May, and now he can't get me out. And the other guy uh, that they paid sixty four million dollars as a free agent after he left the Yankees, this guy Jameson, I call him Talon. I- it's T A I L L O N, Tyon. Yeah. yeah, throws BP. I don't know, but you know, next time out he throws a one hitter and I'm talking about him for Cy Young. So uh, typical me.
1: (laughs) No, it's all, it's all, you know, it's all something how this all plays out and who emerges and um, it, that's the other thing about what makes this a fun time of year is uh, you can't, you can't predict who is going to come through for your team at, at any given time. Right. Uh, or who get hot in that last month? Who's going to pitch well? Whatever it is that that's what makes it, you know, to me, exciting because there's always that guy that's not on the radar. Um, and, and I think it is too. Like when I've, I've covered the NBA, as you know, with the Bucs and you get in the playoff time and there's always a guy that has flown under the radar all season long. And then all of a sudden in the playoffs, he's having these big games. Right. And, That'll be fun to see who's going to have that big game or two uh, for both of our teams going down the stretch.
0: Yeah, and in baseball as opposed to basketball, there's some, there's a lot more luck in it. You know, you see it every day where a a guy goes 0 for 4 with he hits three rips that happen to land in the center fielder's glove, and then another guy gets a couple little, you know, uh, swings and it goes three feet and he gets a uh gets a base hit. So there is some luck in that. But you're right, the playoffs are going to be cool. The other thing, man, what do you think of you got to beat the crummy teams, you know? You got to beat the teams under 500 and you guys play uh Pittsburgh, the Yankees, the the uh not the Senators, the uh, Nationals, and then you play the Cardinals for seven. So I mean, not that that applies more to you guys than ever. You got to beat the you got to beat the crummy teams if you're going to win the division.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, well, he, here's don't. something interesting. Here's something interesting. I think I lost the signal here, but I think I got it back.
0: You're back. Um, Did you hear my... So the Brewers
1: were were home earlier this year against the Oakland A's. Uh, the Oakland A's have had one really good week of baseball, maybe two. I think they won 11, 12, 13 in a row, something like that. Some ridiculous stretch that they had was right in the middle of visiting Milwaukee, and they swept the Brewers. And they have done nothing. They've had a 10-day stretch all season of good baseball, but they swept the Brewers during that stretch. And then the Brewers go down to Texas when the Rangers, you know, uh, had the best record in August out of any team, and, and they s- sweep them. So they swept the best team and got swept by the worst team. But where does that leave you? Yeah, I mean, you're at 500 then that, now you got to go figure out how you're going to get your other wins. Um, that's the thing about this game, man, you know, the, the Cardinals could have a good September. They may not emerge to be in it, but seven games against Milwaukee, and those aren't given victories. That's for sure. You know, and if they take five out of seven, they're going to, that's going to be uh damage against Milwaukee.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the, um, the call-ups come, and thank God it's only two guys they can call up in September as opposed to, you know, it used to be you'd bring up everybody on your 40-man roster and and, and let uh, um, Craig Council bring everybody in for a, a one pitch. It was just yeah. like blew my mind. Now, you know, I think that's another good rule. I think that rule and the shift rule have made a lot of difference where you got to face three guys who are in the inning the shift rule, I think, is good. And it seems to me, this is just me, and you'd know more than me about this. It seems to me the games are getting a little longer.
1: Oh, they're they're definitely getting longer. I think I think the uh, especially the pitchers, the majority of them running the pitch clock all the way down has been big because the batter still has to be ready with eight seconds left on the clock. And they're making these guys stand and stare at the pitcher for seven more seconds. Uh, That's just not a natural process. And that's advantage to the pitcher and these pitchers, you know, they get into ruts and it's their only way of catching their breath because you can only go out, you know, uh, once before you're taken out. And right. and the catcher's only allowed, I think, to go out five times during the, the entire game. So right. he can't right. waste too many of his trips out there to, to try to give these pitchers a breath. But that's one of the reasons why these games are getting longer. And I think I think they're allowing um, pitchers off the mound longer. I think they're allowing batters, when they get their one time out, to step out and take their time getting back in. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely been more, um, uh, mid innings, uh, middle of the innings, pitching changes I've noticed this year too. So, um, you know, yeah. the thing about it, Jamie is you don't have to face three guys. You can still make a bunch of pitching changes in an inning and have, have the, your last guy get the final out and then you don't have to bring him back out Or if you do, he's got to face two more. So, um. Yeah, these games are getting longer. We had the Brewer game the other day when it was – the heat index was 110. And it took them a full hour to play the bottom of the ninth and the and the 10th inning, a full hour, uh, because got, pitchers couldn't get a grip. They came out with a towel. Uh, the umpires – um, baseball bag that he has, the, his supply bag on his waist was so wet, he couldn't keep the balls in there anymore. So they gave them to the third base hump and the second base hump. And they put, they put a bunch of baseballs in their pocket. And then they threw them to the pitcher when a ball was out of play. I mean, mm-hmm. that that thing took forever, but it well, reminded me of, of what the last few years has been like. It was, you know, a, a four hour game. So,
0: so Yeah, the um, I know that even long games, you know, the long games seem to be shorter than the long games were a year ago. But the short games that I was noticing at the at the beginning of the year have stretched out and every batter, I think, you know, it didn't take long to spread. Every batter takes a time out now. It doesn't matter when. And so, you know, I don't think they've decided to use these rules in the playoffs yet, have they?
1: No, I think they I think they are. I'm they not hundred percent, but I think <clears throat> from what I understand that that was not decided at the beginning of the year, but I think they decided to keep the rules exactly how they played the regular season. I, mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think so.
0: That would make sense. That would Yeah. That would make sense. Well what about the matchup tonight in uh uh in your neck of the woods with Darvish going against is it Woodruff? I uh, believe it is. Yeah, it is. So um, you never know about Darvis. You could throw a no hitter or be gone by the he never gets knocked out. I mean, the guy's good surprised
1: me by coming back, to be honest with you. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, he,
1: he was injured uh, April 7th and he was out for four months. I think he's only making like his third or fourth start, maybe his fourth start. Um, and to me, it was like if he comes back, maybe he could give you three or four innings, maybe five, but he seems to be back to his old self already, um, which is huge for him, huge for the team. Um, so, and he's fresh. He's not going to be worn out down the stretch like a lot of other pitchers. So this will be, this will be a telling time here to see who emerges as the real ace of this staff. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, your top three pitchers, obviously Burns and Woodruff. Who's who's in third place? Peralta. Okay. Yeah, for so, sure. Well, I mean,
1: those three stand out, you know, clearly among everybody else. Yeah. So.
0: You know, I was surprised. Obviously, if you look at the team statistics for the Brewers, uh, they're off the charts in pitching um their ERA is is pretty good but not as good as I would have thought but the whip which i think is the most i maybe that's a sabermetrics but whatever it is i think whip is the best indication of how your pitching is your the brewers whip is like 1.1 1. 1. it's a team yeah,
1: yeah. that's that's walks and hits per inning i mean that yeah. is unbelievable
0: yeah um,
1: you don't have traffic on the bases. You don't have extra p- uh, pressure on the pitchers. Uh, they're getting outs sometimes themselves via the strikeout. All three of those guys you mentioned are big strikeout guys. Um, and and their defense has been easily top three in the league. I, I don't know where they sit. They're probably sitting in the top five, but it's it certainly helped. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and then the offenses is you know, their stats are as bad as the pitching is good. But, you know, yeah. sweeping the Rangers has got to give those guys a whole lot of of confidence going into the last month of the season, doesn't it? I mean. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they, I was, they ended
1: I, up against I, Minnesota for the two games. Yeah. And uh, so they played three straight series against uh, divisional leaders. And they got swept in one and have swept the last two. So,
0: they're playing good you know, ball.
1: They're they're starting to find their groove a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's hitting's contagious, as they say. What's what's the, the final subject? What's the scoop, if you know anything? Uh, Craig Council's like a free agent, right? He hasn't a contract for next year yet, or did he sign?
1: No, he is uh he is a free agent, technically, yes. And he he says publicly he's gonna wait to the end of the year to you know, figured out. But he also said he's not, it's not going to take long. He'll, he'll get it figured out in a hurry. Um, there's been talk about his boys are both playing college baseball that he, that he would like to be a dad for a short part of their lives because it's been hard through uh, middle school and high school because he's been with the Brewers for, you know, 10, yeah. nine years as the manager. And, and he was, you know, in the front office for, the previous two years after he played. So there's been rumors that, you know, he just wants to take a break and, and watch his boys play college baseball and then, and then figure out, you know, his professional life after that. So, and I, and I would think since he hasn't, you know, re-upped, um, that he's heavily considering something like that. So, um, you know, you can throw any other rumors you want out there. I mean, there's been talk of uh, Stern's going to the Mets and he's going to take counsel with them. Um, but I mean, that's that's out of my league right now.
0: Yeah, I would think that um, even though there's there's a lot of pressure, there's a you know a big payday uh, in the Bronx. I mean, there's no way Boone's going to keep his job. I I don't think. And- no. No, and
1: I I think the bottom line, to be honest with you, is I think one thing all of these guys who are uh, happen to be um, play for their hometown team and have, you know, connections like Council's dad worked for the team back in their their era in the early 80s when they went to the World Series. uh, Just and then, you know, Council has two playing stints with the team. Uh, and then becomes manager. I, I i think there there could be scenarios with the very few guys in the game of sports that have been in that seat where you're giving you know nine or ten years uh, hoping to get your team into a World Series. but do you have the right pieces in 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 your organization every year to make that happen? and You know, clearly being a small market team, it's been tough for them to go sign that big guy or go after that free agent or even keep a a player or two before having to trade him away. So, you know, you can get you can get frustrated. I'm not saying he is, but I mean, that that'd be an easy storyline to follow with the very few guys that get the chance to be in that seat. And and he wants to deliver. But you also have to think he's won two world series with two different teams as a player. He yeah. knows what it takes to get there. And and those two world series teams he played for were not small market teams. And, but he had the joy of his life and would love to love to manage a team or world series. Imagine if he did that, uh, and he's got a pretty good managing record as well. I mean, he could someday wind up as in the Hall of Fame just based on the entirety of his career in, in Major League Baseball. You yeah. never know. Certainly the numbers as a player aren't going to get him there, but the entirety of the career uh, certainly could. And, and you know, Jamie, you, you've been to Cooperstown. Hall of Fame uh, probability when it starts entering your – your radar when you're a player and you're that good, that's what drives you to get there. That's what drives you the rest of your career to, to get there, to be a winner. That's part of the, you know, competition definition. So it'd be, be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. And even though the teams he won world series with were not small market teams, they weren't thought of as perennial powerhouses. That's for sure. And we're talking about the, uh, the Florida Marlins at the time and the Arizona D-backs, right?
1: Right. Yeah. But, but both those teams were uh, relatively new expansion teams and spent a ton of money on players.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's my point,
0: you know, um, without divulging the name of the owner that I had lunch with said that he's get, uh, he gets his ass kicked in the financial world with the white Sox, and makes it all back with the uh bulls and the reason he points to and again i don't know how accurate that is or how much smoke he's blowing but he attributes that to the salary cap in the nba and that you can budget and make money and none of the nba guys are starving as you know better than i but he's still, I think, pissed that the guys gave in and the lockout, you know, he was a proponent of, we got to hold the line. We got to know what our exposure is. And, uh, so that's, that's a, that's an interesting thing for Milwaukee. You know, if there was a salary cap, there would be a salary basement. And if you had to spend a certain amount of money to get that, I think that would, uh, that would help. But on the other hand, I don't care about finances. You spend all your money and, and help the fans. But, um, well,
1: I mean, look, look no further than the NFL has been doing that forever. And it's the only reason they're still a green Bay Packers organization. I mean, they, sure. they, they couldn't survive on their own.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And go pack, go. I mean, ugh. you know, I'm sure love's going to be a uh, all pro. I mean, I just have that, that bears negativity that this guy's going you know, <laughs> to come in and beat the bears 40 to seven. And Oh my God, here we go again. We'll, see. well,
1: that'll be, everyone will be saying, uh, Aaron Rodgers who, if that happens, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, have a good, have a good rest of the, uh, month of August. And I'll talk to you in September as we head down the line. Of the 2023 season, and maybe down the line, of on the lighter side of, of baseball, you never know, man.
1: You got it, pal. It's been a lot of fun.
0: All right, don't go anywhere. Let me see if I can uh, get a hold of our producer in uh, in Hawaii, and then I'll be right with you. Let me put you on hold, as I say. <laughs> so there it is, folks. We had another absolutely spectacular conversation with our good buddy Craig. To sean and i'm telling you what it's just uh it's fun to do a show with craig and and it, uh, uh I, th- I think it entertains everybody so from uh beautiful land of lakes which we don't put up the uh video portion but i'm sitting outside uh had craig looking at the lake for great therapeutic values for him on the show and uh uh, we'll see. It's going to be exciting down the road between the Cubs and the Brewers. So let's see if it's still exciting next week when we come back with another episode. So until then, Jamie Rutzkin, on the lighter side of baseball wishing you nothing but right down the middle of the fairway. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon.